who is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those he favors. couple weeks ago, I ran across this, this article, and it was called The Top 10 Fears That Hold People Back in Life, according to a psychotherapist. Now, these top 10, I, I want to share these top 10 fears with you, but a word of warning before I do, that these, for me at least, hit a little too close to home, at least some of them did, so word of warning, they may hit a little too close to home for you too, but here's the top 10 fears, and I'm going to start with number 10. And we'll work our way down with number one. So hopefully you're ready for these. The top 10 fears. The 10th one, loss of freedom. This in our country now, I think, is prevalent more than ever, this fear. Um, number nine, the fear of inadequacy. That is that you don't measure up, that you're not good enough, that you don't have what it takes. Um, the eighth fear, being judged. I know for me, I'm, I'm someone who is pretty insecure, and so this fear is always one that's kind of floating around in my head. Um, number seven, getting hurt is a fear. Uh, let me tell you, these next four, if you're a parent in this room, you've experienced these next four, I, I guarantee it. Number six is something bad happening. Number five, uncertainty. Four, rejection. And three, failure. If you're a parent, you felt all of those things probably simultaneously. Number two, fear. We see this one during Christmas time and during holiday times quite oftentimes. It's the fear of loneliness. And the number one fear, holding people back in life. Any guesses? Well, let me tell you. Number one fear, change. Nobody likes change. Everyone's afraid of change. And so here's the deal. Maybe you had one on this list, or maybe you had many on this list, or perhaps yours didn't make it to the list. But I'm telling you what, whether yours is on the list or not, everyone in this room knows what it's like to struggle with some fear, some anxiety, some worry in their life. And not only have you experienced it, but you know what happens in your life as a result, the consequences of these feelings you felt in your life, I'm certain of it. And that is why, that is why today we not only want, but need this Christmas story to be true. And so for just a moment, I, I want to take you back in time. And I, I want to take you back to the night that Jesus was born. And Luke, who was a physician in the day that Jesus was born, he details the events that took place surrounding that night. And these are some of the things that Luke said I want to point out to you. It's so critical. He starts out by saying this, that that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Now, right after 
we find out that Jesus is born. Luke goes on to share with us that there were some shepherds nearby. Now, you and I have read this verse a hundred times. We've been to Christmas Eve services. We know this verse. We know there were shepherds. We see it in the nativity sets. We know about the shepherds. We gloss over this detail, and we don't give it much attention. But let me tell you why you should. Because if you were in the first century... This detail would have not only surprised you, it would have shocked you, maybe even as much or more so than that an angel appeared. Because here's the deal. These shepherds, although they were skilled at their craft, these shepherds were hardworking people. They knew what they were doing. However, in the first century, shepherds would have likely not been very educated. In in society... Shepherds would have been on the lower rung. They wouldn't have held a lot of power in society during this time. And, and, and so, although they were uneducated, they were skilled. But it surprises me that God, out of all the people in the world, he chose seemingly insignificant, lowly shepherds to tell others about this seemingly improbable event that took place. He chose shepherds to be his mouthpiece to tell others what had taken place. This is incredible to me because right after this, Luke goes on to say this, that after seeing him, that is Jesus, the shepherds told everyone what happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. And to me, this seemingly insignificant detail of the shepherds' involvement in this story, it only does one thing in my heart. It just, it just reinforces that the story's true. It's true, because let's look at it logically for a second. If you're a logical person, then this is for you. If you were going to promote your cause, if you were going to promote your business, if you were going to promote your mission or your religion, if you wanted to promote something, would you begin by telling people that a girl got pregnant with God? Would you begin promoting your business or your mission or your cause or your religion by using uneducated, low on the social ladder shepherds? There's no way. You would choose rock stars. You would choose movie stars. You would choose athletes. You would choose musicians. You would choose those people who in society were elevated up here. You would choose people who had a respected mouthpiece in society. You wouldn't choose shepherds unless unless the story they told was true. And then Luke goes on to detail even more of what happened that night. And then he steps back and he lets us, the readers, decide what to believe. And this is how he goes on to write what happened that night. I love this passage. He said, Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. It says they were terrified. They were terrified. And then the angel reassured them. He said, Don't be afraid, he said. To which I almost chuckle when I read this. Don't be afraid. Like, yeah, right. Uh, Like, when in the history of anyone telling you, don't be afraid, has that made you stop being afraid? In fact, if someone tells me, don't be afraid, I'm probably going to get more afraid because that means there's something that I should be afraid of. So I laugh at this. He says, don't be afraid because, 
because something is amazing happening. I love this when it says that the shepherds were terrified. That word terrified in the original language means that they feared a great fear, meaning they were beyond scared. But I love here in this story that their emotions switch because these guys go from being afraid to being terrified to all of a sudden they're filled with hope and they're filled with excitement and they're filled with anticipation because out of nowhere, in the middle of a field, in the middle of the night, God showed up. He showed up and he was in their midst. It, it, was, if God, it was if God was saying, look, look, you don't have to be afraid anymore. I'm here and I, I'm going to give you what you need. It, the, the shepherds weren't looking for God, but God found them. And you might be thinking to yourself, Charles, come on. We've heard this before. There's no way that this is true. And I can get your skepticism because, look, I'm, I'm just like you. And, and, and we all know the effects that fear has in our lives. We've all tried to avoid fear and worry in our lives, and we've tried multiple ways, but it never works because no matter what we do, fear still seems to control our thoughts during the day. Fear still seems to keep us up at night. Fear still seems to rob us of the things that we want the most, peace and hope and joy and freedom and life. Fear robs those things of us and it robs us of our happiness. So maybe, just maybe, it's time for a change. But oh, that's our number one fear, is change. But what's the option? To keep doing what we're doing that's not working? We know the result of that. It's not working. So perhaps it is necessary for a change. So instead of trying to control everything in our lives, which, let's be honest, is just an illusion. We're not controlling anything. And it's not working. Instead of trying to do that and not producing results we long for, maybe we ought to take a moment to listen to what God has to say. when He says, don't be afraid because I'm here. And I'm with you. And I'm giving you everything you need. The late uh, Pastor Tim Keller, we love and respect him. He wrote these words I found to be phenomenal. He said, we fear rejection and failure, but if you were completely filled with God's love, you would not care about what people thought. We fear future and circumstances, but if you knew God perfectly and that he is good and in control, you would trust him. And you wouldn't be afraid of death because you would know you would be with him forever. Listen, I know the results of fear. And when he says, do not fear, how he follows that statement up is of vital importance. Because how someone finishes that statement, do not fear, is going to determine my reaction, is going to determine how I respond to this. And so what he follows it up with is of utmost importance. And that's why what he says to the shepherds is so important. Because listen to how he follows it up. He says, don't be afraid, okay? Okay, angel, why? Why shouldn't I be afraid? And then the angel says this, For I bring you good news of great joy for all people. He says, I bring you good news. Now, let's be honest. We're not used to getting good news. I mean, I'll be honest. When my cell phone rings, when I get text messages, or when I get emails sent to me, rarely... Do they contain good news? 
Most of the time, it's bad news. We're so used to getting bad news that when someone comes to us and says, I have good news, we almost don't know how to respond to that because we're not used to getting good news. And yet what the angel says here to the shepherds is that I bring you good news, better news than you could ever imagine because the good news is that God has come here to be with us. Think about this. It's revolutionary that God left heaven the place that you and I long to be someday. He left there to come here into this broken, hurtful world that we live. He came here to be with us. And even though we've pushed him away, and even though we've turned our back on him, he says, no, I have good news. It's good news of great joy, he says. Great joy. To which I will admit, I see people that seem to live happy lives without God. But here's what we don't see. We don't see that that happiness is built on a delusion. A delusion of things that are failing. Of things that let us down. Of things that disappoint us. Of things that are inconsistent. Things that are temporary. What, What happens when you base your happiness on those things? Well, that means your happiness is temporary. Your happiness is inconsistent. Your happiness will let you down. You and I need something more. We need something more outside of ourselves. We need something that is never going to fail, who is always going to be there, that is always going to be consistent, that is not temporary because he's always been, always is, and always will be. That's what we need to base our happinesses. And Jesus says, look, I give you that and more than you could ever imagine because Jesus says we can have great joy in him, the one who is dependable, who isn't temporary. We find our great joy in him. And here's the best part of this whole message. This best part is the last part because he says, I come with good news and it's of great joy. And then he says, who's it for? It's for all people. That means every single person in this room, this is for. You say, but Charles, you don't know me. It doesn't matter. It's for all people. I don't care how you grew up. I don't care the background you came from. I don't care your social status. I don't care the mistakes you've made. I don't care any of those things because as far as I know, this says it's for all people and that means it's for you and it's for me. That's the best news we could ever hear. And so this is my prayer for you this Christmas. My prayer for you is that I hope you enjoy the love of your family and your friends I hope that you have a joy of giving and receiving gifts. I hope that you eat good food, a lot of it, probably too much of it. I hope all of those things are part of your Christmas. But here's my real prayer. My real prayer is that this message that the shepherds heard and then told would be one that would change you. Change you, for he says, I come, don't be afraid, because I bring you good news of great joy for all people. And then he follows it up by saying these things. The Savior, yes, the Messiah. The Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And then it says, suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven gathered together. 
And it says they were praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. So my question to you, what do you have to be afraid of? What do you fear? Fear not, I bring you good news of great joy for all people, for you, for me. Let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for this message from the angels. I thank you that these shepherds told everyone. Lord, we worship you today because you came here. You left your place in heaven, Lord, to be here with us. Lord, you you lived a perfect life when we were meant to live. Lord, and you died and rose again so that we may be with you someday. Lord, I thank you for such a gift. Thank you that we have such a reason to celebrate you this weekend. And thank you that we get to do that together. What a gift, Lord Jesus. In your name I pray, amen. Hey, we're going to... um light some candles, and we're going to sing some songs. I encourage you to sing with us. Uh, if I'm asking that you would stay seated for a little bit so the kids in the room can see the, the candles, and then, um, and then Joe's going to give you some more instructions in just a little bit. But for now, if you're a greeter helping me to light candles, would you come up and do that?